Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Okay, I guess this is only fair, Wolf. I laughed at you earlier for your bracket. <laughs> and that was partially because of just how happy you were with your bracket after the first weekend. And now it's some shambles. It just it felt so good. To have the Sweet 16 roll around, and you had all four of your <laughs> all four of your Final Four teams. That was beautiful. How many do you have left now? Zero. Okay. Um, but then also, I laughed at you <laughs> when you uh, when you guessed a thousand for the number of people <laughs> that had brackets left that were that had the Final Four right, and it was it's only thirty seven. I should yeah. I need to admit this that jar the thing they had they you have to guess how many M and M's are in the jar. Right. Did you do that? No. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I did it, but I was very confident that I was going to get it right. Yeah. I was off by about 20,000. <laughs> you know, it feels good to admit it, though, right? When it you're does. wrong, it does. Well, it's very cleansing. I maintain that they counted wrong, first of all, because I, I took a quick oh, glance. Now, wait a minute. Now, see, you just you I'm, ruined I'm everything I just said. I know, but I, that's why I okay. want to be clear. I okay. protest this. Just accept it. I, I walked by. You were wrong. I was apparently wrong, very wrong. Uh, to the point where people out there are laughing at me when I walk by. But, and maybe it's because of this, maybe it's just because of who I am. But I would think, first glance, 150-ish M&Ms on one side and about yeah. 150-ish on the okay. other side. So 150 times 150 is roughly 22-ish thousand. I see. Somehow there was like right. 1,900 in there. Look, you can justify it any way you want to, I just Luke. want answers. You were just wrong. Math has lied to me. You know, yeah. I was very wrong. I, apparently wrong. I was the most okay. wrong of anybody it, in Embrace it. Make it your friend and move on. I don't even know what you would have won. I didn't want 23,000 M&Ms. Um, although I could take 23,000 right now. The Suns, this week should be the turning point for the Suns. Agreed? If they if they go on a run, if they well, if they make a deep push, <laughs> this should be it. You think, well, the, right. You'd like to see them actually go out and play together. And <laughs> Maybe that's why I feel that, this way. Maybe that's the turning point you're talking about. Um, it, it is going to be a bit of an experiment once again, knowing that KD's only played three games, three road games, and they won all three of those games, and that looked good. And you know what? That's something positive to remember, right? Back they into the positive three. category, yes. They undefeated with three. Kevin Durant. Undefeated with Kevin Durant. But I think um, it's this is going to be very interesting when he comes back. Um, just to watch how everybody else, once again, around him, plays over a period of time. That doesn't include one week. That would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I mean... You have to deal in reality if you're really going to make a run through Denver and Golden State and Memphis is looking a little bit better now, too. And, and the Clippers, I mean, I don't buy the Clippers totally, but they are a good team. I don't buy them as like a title contender. Maybe I should. If you're going to go through all those teams and others, um, you got to you got to You have to play together. You could, you could we could not be sitting here being OK, well, the Suns. Uh, their play-in game is Wednesday, and Kevin Durant's going to make his return. Can you imagine if KD was making his home debut during the playoffs, Wolf? <laughs> I wouldn't feel great about their chances. That would be brutal, wouldn't it, right yeah, there? Yeah, it honestly. would. Honestly. Well, right now, you got the Utah Jazz tonight. How do you feel about this game tonight? How about that? Do you feel good? you feel like DA is probable, based on it's probable to play? Yeah. How do you feel about this? I, I, Utah 4-8 over the last 12 games. Feel good. Taste it. Yeah. <laughs> Utah surprised me this year for hanging around as long as they did. 
But I, the second you get D.A. back in the mix with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and we saw some encouraging signs from the bench this weekend, too. Now I think you can feel confident that they're going to beat a lesser team like Utah. A week ago, it they just kind of looked like Devin Booker and friends, which doesn't work uh, against anybody, as we were seeing good teams or mediocre teams. Yeah, it, I think you win tonight, even if you don't. Just the fact that you're getting D.A. and K.D. back this week, Yo. supposedly. Uh, here's Shams on Friday on the rally. Sources tell me that Suns 13-time All-Star Kevin Durant is targeting his return to action on Wednesday against the Minnesota Timberwolves at home, barring any setback. Durant last played on March 5th after suffering an ankle sprain in pregame warm-ups on March 8th. Durant's potential return on Wednesday will give the Suns seven regular season games to finish the year and prepare for the playoffs as they're currently the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Just the fact that that's happening, I think almost regardless of tonight. Tonight's game's important because of the standings, but almost regardless, you can start feeling good about this team again. Yeah, you know, and once again, I think you got to look at the positive and, and and be thankful. Yeah, that's what I said, thankful. This team is 2-6 and six. In their last eight games, talking about the Phoenix Suns, two and six, and somehow, some way, they're hanging on to the fourth seed. Nobody really punished them. Nobody. Re- yeah, now, it, it's closer. You know, it is closer, no doubt. But I'm just looking at the last ten. Okay, the last ten games for the teams behind the Suns. The Clippers are six and four. Golden State's five and five. Minnesota's five and five. The Pelicans, Lakers, and Thunder are all six and four. Dallas is three and seven. Yes. Nobody went on a run. Nobody went on a big run. And because of that, there are the Suns. They're sitting there two and six in their last eight games. And somehow, some way, they're hanging out of the four seed. And Utah tonight, they should beat the Utah Jazz. Let's just say it the way that it is. They should beat them. D.A., hopefully he's coming back. And then you got K.D. making his home debut. Making his home debut debut for the first time in, what, seven weeks? <laughs> what so they, is that? They, they traded for him seven weeks ago this Wednesday. Okay, seven weeks ago this Wednesday. <laughs> and he's making his home debut. Yes. Think about that. Seven weeks to the day. Wow. Um, think about this, too. If you just, and I know there's a lot of ifs in here, although these are ifs that you should be able to accomplish. Let's just say this scenario plays out. You get DA back tonight, you beat Utah. Yeah. You get KD back Wednesday, you beat Minnesota. Okay. If that happens... I guess we're playing for keeps. I think you're pretty safely locked into a top six spot. I know there's still games left at that point, but right. you, you would, in theory, be probably three and a half, maybe even four games ahead of Minnesota for that seven, and, and you're at full strength. I mean, I think at that point, you're still going to have to fight for home court, and I get that, but Again, just to stay consistent, all I really care about is staying in the top six. Yes. Yeah, you know, and how great would that be, too? You got KD. He's running around. He's actually pushing off that left ankle. He's showing no signs whatsoever that his knees hurt or his ankles hurt or anything. Wouldn't that be great just to see KD healthy? Is it going to be stressful watching him? I I think it is. This is something we're just going to have to get used to, that somebody who's got this big of an impact on your team, you know, is at this point in his career will get nicked up from time this to time. Is the I definition, think we just got to be ready for that. The definition of going all in, though, and I love it because it really I is like... Totally agree. You're like, boy, every time he turns quickly, you're going to be like holding your breath for a little while here. But as long as he's out there, 
I, I'll take the Suns over anybody in the West as long as he's out there. I'm just going to pretend that like he's not going to get injured again. La, 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 la. It's not going to happen. Law of averages means he should be healthy come for on. a while now. Here we go, KD. All right, when we come back, back to football and a potentially huge development in Baltimore with the Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, we'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, before we get into football, Wolf, we got to clear this up. And I guess in retrospect, maybe I should have just seen this as being inevitable. Okay. Tweet from Shams. The NBA has rescinded Dallas star Luka Doncic's 16th technical foul. By the way, when I say Dallas star, i yeah. just quoting Shams. Okay. Let me reread this in my own voice. Okay? okay. The NBA has rescinded Luka's 16th technical foul, making him eligible to play tonight versus the Pacers. Oh, I see. They've rescinded it. Rescinded it. There are... This is not common practice, is it? No. To rescind no. a technical fall? I don't think it's the first time it's ever happened. I, but it's, I, it's, it's not, not the common. first time, I know that. But it's not common that they're going to rescind this. And it just figures it's Luca that's yeah. getting rescinded. At this moment, and this tweet's just from within the last hour, there are 777 comments back to Shams. And the ones I've read through, I think they're all from Suns fans. Is that right? <laughs> it yes. sure feels like it, yeah. Uh, so, you know, can't can't have Lucas suspended for one game because that's what the rules say. So By the back. way, once again, though, how's the impact of Kyrie Irving? How's that going for the Dallas Mavericks? Hmm. It's not great. It's not, no, not good at all. But the last time we talked about Dallas and laughed at them, the NBA stepped in and rescinded a 16th technical <laughs> foul on Lucas, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Uh, also, Tony Jefferson, did you see this? He tweeted in with the, uh, he has a, a, when he got stung by a bee for the first time. No. This is a brutal story. Did Tony Jefferson, former Cardinal, right? Jeff. Okay. Yes. okay. Love uh, Jeff. Ten years old. Do you know the story? No. The bee came through, this is what he said, the, the bee came through my ear hole of my helmet during the game. They pulled the stinger out and said, get back in and stop crying. Wow. That okay. would suck. That okay, was so, so much worse than my story. Oh, my goodness. Right through the ear hole. So he got stung on the ear? Pull, yeah, I assume. guess. Or somewhere in the oh, head. Oh, the side of that. Oh, That'd about be the worse. temple right there to start swelling up. And, of course, anytime you get swelling around the temple, you can feel it. The pulse. Especially when you're trying to wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's nasty. Yeah, that's so much worse Ooh. than mine. I just pulled the stinger out and was angry and walked home. Okay, good. <laughs> Not the same. Uh, speaking of football, though, Lamar Jackson. And it kind of was feeling like this, but um, it, nothing was like from Lamar until today. He tweeted out... Wow, this is a long tweet. <laughs> I didn't realize he's, he's Lamar still Jackson tweeting. was, yes, very verbose. Uh, all right. Um, I'll just say this. I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. I didn't realize he was still tweeting. As of March 2nd, he requested a trade from the Ravens. Yes, there you go. That's right the gist there. of it. That, that is the gist of it. I love you all. I love you all. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Any questions you may actually have for me, just go ahead. I'll answer your questions. Don't listen to what anyone else is saying to you, to you out there. I'm paraphrasing everything that he was saying as well, right? Yeah, because there's three pretty long tweets. Exactly yeah. right there. Lamar Jackson has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens apparently um, 
don't care. <laughs> They're just not going to, you know, this is the weird situation about this story right here, Luke. John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson. The Ravens organization loves Lamar Jackson. They just know what they're faced with right now. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson wants that guaranteed, fully guaranteed money when he is one of the more high-profile danger quarterbacks in the league because he runs the ball so much. I was thinking about this driving over here, and and maybe there isn't a way, but... Like, teams are going to do more ridiculous things for quarterbacks that have not proven nearly as much as Lamar. You know what I mean? Like, we see it. We see teams trade all their draft picks to move up one spot to draft Trey Lance or Mitchell Trubisky, or you're going to go out there and overpay a guy. But Lamar Jackson, you know if he's playing, the guy just won MVP a couple years ago. So the hesitation with Baltimore is strictly they don't want to give him guaranteed money for fear that he gets hurt, right? Yeah. Isn't there some way to meet in the middle and be like, hey, your money's guaranteed unless you're hurt? But it's not like we think you're going to drop off. I don't know how they would do this. And Lamar doesn't have an agent, which makes it more difficult, I'm sure. Much more. But you would think there would be a way for them to come to an agreement and be like, look, Lamar, the only concern we have is the injury. But if you get, like, can you work it in where if he plays a certain amount of games, he gets bonus money? I don't know. I'm, I'm not an agent. Uh, but I just think if that's really the only thing holding this up, there has to be a way around it. There's no way Baltimore's hesitant to give him guaranteed money because they think he's not going to be good in four years. It's just the injury, which is a legit concern. Yeah, you know, just listening to you talk right there. <laughs> just, just talk you know, myself no into a circle. He's not going to be good in four years. I don't <laughs> think that's their fear. Well, a- anybody uh, could. Uh, you know, I don't know about that, Luke. I really don't. That would put him at, what, 30 years of age after four more years of taking some severe damage? Um, yeah, you, you don't know what what that is. How long does he want to be signed for? You know, he wants $250 million guaranteed. So what is that going to be? At least... Five years, at least six years, somewhere in that vicinity right there. So, you know, I, uh, I'm i not disagreeing with anything you're saying other than the fact that I don't know if Lamar Jackson can be put into a NFL offense, a modern NFL offense, and not have him continue to do what he does and bring what he brings to a football team. I, I don't think you can do it. I think you you have to have him run the ball for him to actually be successful. If you're just going to look at him and say he's going to be our quarterback, he's just going to throw the ball. That's what he's going to do. I don't know if that's your guy. I'm going to just use the quarterback here as the example because it's local. But if you if you could guarantee somebody, if you could guarantee an NFL GM, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are both going to stay on the field and be healthy for the next five years. Wouldn't most GMs take Lamar? He just won MVP a couple of years ago. The ironic thing is Kyler's the one that's hurt. Like, anybody can get hurt. Sure. Yeah. No, Kyler got the, the money. It wasn't all, it wasn't 100% guaranteed, but Kyler got the money and got hurt. It's not his fault. That happens. It's football. You know what I mean? I keep coming back to what you always say of, it's football. Guys are going to get hurt. It's just, it's a dangerous game. Yeah, it, it is a dangerous game. And uh, Lamar Jackson is um, at greater risk of that danger because he runs the ball as often as he does. Right now, Basin Onions, the, the thing that I think 
the Baltimore Ravens are also thinking about is how difficult it is to to come back in games when the Baltimore Ravens get down in games. Well, that's that's See, well, uh, no, that's that's fair, and that's why I'm wondering if if their hesitation is just because of injuries or if there's more to it. Than no, that. I, I think it's all of it. I think it's all of it put together. Just the fact they know the kind of offense they need to run when Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. And I think it's very obvious to them because of all the times they've gotten down in games and how few times they've actually come back to win games that they've gotten down in. Why is that? It's because they Lamar Jackson is not a prolific passer. A guy that's just a line up, here we go, put me in the shotgun, dink, 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 right down the field, here we go, touchdown. That that's not the way that it works with Lamar. And again, I am a huge Lamar Jackson fan, but I think the reality of Lamar Jackson is what is dragging this process to a screeching halt. Well, it's obviously complicated because if you just said in a vacuum, hey, Lamar Jackson's available, then I don't know, 28 of the 32 NFL teams should be lining up to get him. But it's more complicated than that. Here's John Harbaugh, who was talking to the media today when that tweet came out. I do. You know, you gotta, you gotta plan for all the contingencies for sure. But uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up about Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great player. Lamar uh, came back in great shape last year. He's fired up to play. Uh, that's the Lamar that I'm looking for, looking forward to seeing. Can't wait to get back on the grass and go to work, and I'm confident that's going to happen. So that started with a question of, are, are you confident that Lamar will be back? Then they asked him about the tweet. I haven't seen the tweet. I, it's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here, and uh, looking forward to a, a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. I'm confident that's going to happen. There it is right there. We're building our offense around that idea. That idea, of course, is Lamar Jackson. And I do believe John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson. But I think in this situation, Eric DaCosta, the general manager for the Ravens, he is the bad cop. And I think John Harbaugh is the good cop. And that's exactly the way that it's got to be. Because imagine if it was the other way around. Yeah, that wouldn't work very that well. That would not work at all. I'll, the I'll, problem is, again, Lamar Jackson is representing himself. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you the same question I asked you a week ago about this. And my answer is the same. Do you think Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens next year? Because mine is still no. That is, I, I, I said yes yeah. last week. I'm still going to say yes, yeah, okay. just to spite and it, you. Well, you could still be right. I mean, I still think it's about 50-50. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's 50-50, actually. I think he, it's been clear for about a year now that he wants something that the Ravens aren't going to give him. So I would say it's about 70-30. He's on another team. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this text from the 602. McCaffrey is six years younger and most of his contract is non-guaranteed. Bad comparison. He also practices. Well, that, uh, that has been thrown out there because it was said over the weekend that DeAndre Hopkins, that they want a McCaffrey-like deal for DeAndre Hopkins. And so we'll see. We'll see. We'll get more into that a little bit later on the show. The Suns bench has uh, started to play well. Tonight really might be their last chance for some of these guys to show what they can do. Uh, Once Kevin Durant comes back feasibly on Wednesday, that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Yeah, the Suns got the split over the weekend, which I think uh, for a lot of us was... I mean, you want both wins, but I think for a lot of us that was good enough. That was I know that's what I said I wanted going into Friday's game. It's just... All things considered right now with how beat up your roster is, if you could just split these two games, just get a win, Wolf, and, and see what happens from there. And now we're already getting word that DA is probable for tonight. And, of course, we got the word on Friday that Kevin Durant is uh, the hope is that he will be back on Wednesday for that game against Minnesota. The other thing that was an interesting development in these um, these two games, did you see T.J. Warren? All yes. of a sudden, start scoring. Yes, it was excellent to see that. TJ Warren and Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. As well, you know, 30 those, points. Man, those two guys right there, the, the Suns need this. We all know how critical their bench has been, both good and bad critical. And against these 76ers, of course, it was critically good. It was excellent to see them. They, they, they destroyed the 76ers bench. 53 to 17 they outscored the 76ers bench. Yep. 53 to 17. That's a good that's a really oh, good team in the Eastern goodness, Conference that man. they handled. Um Terrence Ross, TJ Warren and Landry Shamit. I'm just going to spotlight these three, okay? And I know it's only two games, but that's you don't really have many games to work with here. There's only a few what there's eight left in the season. We were talking about this last week. If you're going to stretch things, I guess shrink things down to nine, nine and a half players, like Monty Williams said, if that's what your bench is going to be in the playoffs, there's only so much room. If you start to you look at that, you're like, okay, nine, nine players, that's, you know, that's a lot of players. Well, okay. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Josh Okogie, Torrey Craig. Okay, well, that right there, that's six. Whoever's backing up DA, that's seven. Yeah. Campaign, I would assume, that's eight. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you've got like one spot for a Terrence Ross or a TJ Warren or a Landry Shamit. So this is what each of those three did, just scoring-wise, over the weekend, okay? Terrence Ross, 45 points in 50 minutes over the two games. Pretty good. Pretty good. TJ Warren, who I kind of thought wasn't going to be a factor at this point, 31 points over 56 minutes in the two games. I agree with you on that assessment as well. And now all of a sudden, he's part of it. Landry Shamit, five points. In 29 minutes. Mm, yeah, and yet I think Landry Shamit is by far and away the best defender of those three guys. Yeah, he has that. And see, that is the thing that he's got going for him. And it's it's one of the reasons why I still would say do not rule out Landry Shamit in any way, shape, or form right now. Because I think he brings that that toughness that this team lacks a lot of. That's where this gets tough for Monty Williams, though, because, again, we're talking about two games. But Monty Williams doesn't have a whole lot of games. With the, He hasn't even had Landry Shamit until the last four games. So he hasn't had all the pieces here to make the best decision. It's not like they have to trim their roster down to nine for the playoffs. It's not. <laughs> this is not like football teams breaking camp. But for the most part, you kind of want to know what your rotation is. And if you had asked me going into the weekend which of those three guys was most yeah. likely to be, I would have said Shamit. Yeah. 
In fact, I think we said that last week. And now it's like, how are you, did Terrence Ross just drop 30 in a game? I, I, I know, but, you know, I think of KD once again. I keep talking about it, Luke, but it's not KD. It's the guys around him that you got to figure out. How are they going to play? How are they going to respond? How are they going to fit? How are they going to meld with Kevin Durant? How are they, how are they going to do it? You don't know yet. That's the problem. It's not KD. I'm not worried about KD. It's everyone else around him. How does that change when you bring Kevin Durant back? A lot of the time we're talking about the rotations that Monty Williams will use. And some of the time you're going to have KD out on the floor without Devin Booker. And other times you're going to have D Book out there on the floor without KD. And you envision a lot of minutes being played that way at some point in time with the Phoenix Suns. So because of that, it's everybody else around him. Yeah, and that's where this gets that's a why dicey. This, well, and that's why I think these seven games going into the postseason going to be critical. The, the game tonight, you're not going to have Kevin Durant. That might be the last, hopefully it is, the last time where all three of these guys get to play as many minutes. Because when KD comes back on Wednesday, hopefully... Um, then it's going to be a lo- the minutes are going to be a lot more of a premium. And maybe yeah. Wednesday he doesn't play a ton, but he's going to play thirty ish minutes in his first game back. And the plan is to ramp him up too. So this game tonight, I'll definitely be watching to see the minutes and level of play from Shamit, T.J. Warren, and Terrence Ross. Those three in particular. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, it's it's how do they fit around KD? This was uh, Chris Paul after the game on Saturday talking specifically about Warren and Ross. Yeah, yeah, they hopeless, but I think, you know, every game is going to be different. You know what I mean? So when you play a game like this and you win, everybody's like, oh, it's going, you know what I mean? So I think for us it's just trying to be uh, consistent with our energy. Yeah, you know, it is. It's every game is a little bit different right now. I was just wildly encouraged, and we talked a little bit about this, but I was wildly encouraged that against the 76ers, the Suns looked like the Phoenix Suns. They yeah. did. Book went off. Defense played better. They, they held Philly to 43% from the floor. 43%. That's pretty doggone yeah, good it's right like there. You've, I know you haven't seen the audio, but this was Monty Williams after that game. Again, our best offense is a defensive stop. I've said that my whole coaching career. Um, the best offense is to get a stop and get out and run. And with the shooters we have and the guys who can touch the paint, um, it allows us to be more efficient. Yeah, you know, more efficient. And speaking of busy, Bismack Bamba. When busy plays well, it's Come like, Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> how did that feel right? When you talk about defense and how well busy played, 17, 13 boards, and five block shots. They needed somebody to do that. <laughs> they needed somebody to step up kind of out of the ordinary and do that. I love the fact that he did that. He was the tip of the spear, and that is what he's got to be. That is his role. When you talk about busy, be the best busy you possibly can be. What is that? Okay, you're going to put up 17. We'll take that all the time. But you don't have to do that, Biz. You don't have to. 13 boards, five blocks, we'll take that. Yeah. That kind of physicality. That's what I love about this guy. He brings that night in and night out. I also love the fact they stopped turning the ball over. They had eight turnovers in this game against the 76ers. Eight. They had 35 assists. How 
How much of the time did we see that last year? How well the Phoenix Suns shared the ball and how often Monty talked about the Suns sharing the ball and how that's part of their culture. Well, it was back on display. And not only that, too, just the bench. And this is what we're talking about. For the bench to go out and railroad somebody else's bench. That was nice to see. Yeah, and I really do think a lot of it started with Bismack. That was the definition of somebody. Somebody needed to step up other than Devin Booker and, and even Chris Paul, and somebody did in that game. And now this this could really get good if you're a Suns fan this week. All right, we come back. We will get back into football. And I mentioned it with one of the uh, the, the listeners writing in on the FanDuel text line. The Cardinals reportedly want a Christian McCaffrey-like return for DeAndre Hopkins. Is that even possible at this point? We'll discuss it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This came out over the uh, the weekend, Wolf. Jeremy Fowler saying, it was like this late Friday, saying that the Cardinals are looking for a Christian McCaffrey-like return in a DeAndre Hopkins trade, which I guess is basically what? You want like a second plus, right? Second yes. round pick and, and some other stuff. Yeah, second round pick and either a player, of course, or maybe another draft pick. Which, hey, I, we talked about the Ed Oliver scenario that was thrown out there last week on uh, on Clutch Points. I don't know how realistic that is, but if you want to give me a second-round pick and a player, I, I'm sold at this point. I'm sold. Yeah. That, I don't think you're getting that. No, I don't think you're getting that as well. We're going to have to wait and see. But, you know, at some point in time, it's going to get tough. It really is. And it's going to get tough for any team that is out there thinking, man, DeAndre Hopkins, just think of what D-Hop would do for us right now if you're kansas city if you're the buffalo bills this is i'm fascinated by this we were talking about it last week but it is when you think of the afc right now when you think of the power struggle that is going on with the afc and you think of what deandre hopkins might do for either the buffalo bills and their offense with josh allen of course or the kansas city chiefs with pat mahomes are you kidding me? There's a lot at stake for both of these teams, and it could be the AFC Championship. I, I don't, I don't understand what the holdup is on the other side of things. I get why the Cardinals don't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins for the 93rd pick in the draft. Let's say, like Bill Barnwell threw out there. But if you're the Chiefs or the Bills in particular, you can't come up with a second round pick. Yeah. Because the yeah. other part of that equation is if you don't get them, if you're the Chiefs and you don't get them, Buffalo might. <laughs> or vice. And I know in, in general you don't, you don't make a trade to block another team. But you're talking about two of the best teams that have the best chances to win the Super yes. Bowl and a player that would very likely swing that, that balance of power. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And it's the reason I, I don't think it's the second-round pick. I don't. I don't think it's just that. I think it's wanting more than a second round. Well, yeah, and that's why this this report by Jeremy Fowler would make a little more sense. Yeah, 
And, you know, again, a player, well, okay, <laughs> name the player. Yeah. You know? well, I don't think they're not asking for Mahomes. Right, <laughs> right. No, they're not, of course. But, you know, a guy like Ed Oliver, again, there's very intriguing, intriguing things about Ed Oliver that I'd love to see. And I know the Buffalo Bills might be dragging their feet in regard to including Ed Oliver in a deal like that. Yeah, I just, even if it's not Ed Oliver, and I think the reason that name was thrown out there is because the Bills would probably need to save some cap space anyway. So maybe Ed Oliver sure. would. Either way, whoever the player is, whatever the specifics are, even whatever the team is, if it is a contending team, specifically in the AFC, I don't understand why this isn't one of your top priorities right now. Yeah. If you're, an a- if you're the Chiefs or the Bills, if you're the Chiefs, what else do you really have to do? Hey, what are you guys going to do this offseason? Uh, we got to plan how we're going to do our parade next year when we win the Super Bowl. Like, what, are you, what are you really working on if you're I, Kansas City? Honestly, right now, what, what is that second-round pick going to do for you? What is that second-round pick really going to do for you? Uh, not a whole lot, I would imagine. Now, maybe you strike gold in the second round, and you get a guy who goes out there and starts all 17 games. I, I don't know, but it just seems like right now, when you when you have a win-now team built, and I think we'd all agree the Chiefs have that win-now mentality as well as the, Bills the Buffalo too. Bills. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know why you drag your feet on that one. Uh, you know... <laughs> Big picture, you could say, hey, you can get a really good player in the second round. And that's true. But that's not really the conversation here. The, the conversation for those teams is can you get a player that in his rookie year will be better than DeAndre Hopkins right now? Because that's that's the conversation when your window's open right now. And especially for Buffalo. Kansas City has a couple rings now. Buffalo still doesn't have one. Yeah. You know, for Kansas City, though, how about the second round pick for a second straight Super Bowl? Yeah. How about that, Kansas City? I really want that pick. Yeah, really, okay. yeah, boy, a second-round pick. What are you doing? So you you're, can you're out of your mind. Draft another you know? running back that you're not going to use anyway? I, I don't know, but I do love the fact, here it comes, Basin Onions, the, the pressure point of pressure points in the offseason. That is the NFL draft at the end. We're a month away right now, roughly. A month away. Exactly. The, the NFL draft is looming, and that is the pressure point of the offseason. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why Monty Austin Ford hasn't moved D-Hop right now. There are a lot of reasons why DeAndre Hopkins is still an Arizona Cardinal right now, Basin But one of the biggest reasons, they're not near that pressure point. That is the NFL draft. Yeah, it's not really hurting you if you're the Cardinals to still have him at this point. You, you, you could argue maybe the, the, his value on the open market went down a little bit once Brandon Cooks got traded, but it, it's not like it's going down every minute. You know what I mean? If anything, maybe it'll start to go back up. Here's that uh, that report by Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, talking to other teams around the league, they do expect something to shake out with a Hopkins trade with Arizona in the near future, but that Arizona would have to come off their asking price. I've talked to teams who say that Arizona has wanted a second round pick and more, almost like a Christian McCaffrey package that you saw during the season last year. Second, third round pick, something big. So teams aren't willing to do that as of yet. The second, third round, no, strike the third. <laughs> yeah. Strike that, please. Go ahead and get these. It's funny, I was just, I was on, I was looking, I think it's the comments to that actual post, and you've got some Chiefs fans and bloggers, and they're like, why aren't you doing this? They're basically saying what you and I are, are saying, Wolf, second round pick, and I get DeAndre Hopkins on this yeah. team? 
What is there to think about? Yeah. And then you have the, the pushback because everybody's always a contrarian on social media, right? There's always at least like two or three. I'm not even sure DeAndre Hopkins is still a top 10 receiver. All right. Then have fun with Marcus Valdez Scantling when you yes. could have DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> it's hard to really say anything to Chiefs fans because they win the Super Bowl every right. year. Uh, they're at I least know. there every year. Yes. But I mean, with them in particular, if you told me DeAndre Hopkins was going to the Chiefs, as long as Mahomes, Kelsey stay healthy, that team's winning the Super Bowl again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look at it a little differently as well. I'm thinking of the Buffalo Bills. You know, when you've just won a Super Bowl, how desperate do you think you really are? Apparently <laughs> not, not that desperate. Not very desperate. But when you're the Buffalo Bills, where you went to four Super Bowls and you lost all four of them, and now all of a sudden you've got a team that is ready to win now, that is in contention to actually being a Super Bowl team and a winning Super Bowl team. What are you doing? Uh, you know, again, while you're waiting, you're waiting till that pressure point. But what is the NFL? What if the Cardinals trade him to somebody else tomorrow? Yeah, but I, but you're talking, you know, you, you know, Brandon Bean is going, he's got to be talking, of course, to Monty Ford on a regular basis right now. And you get a feel as to, hey, listen, whatever you do, don't make a move until you call us. Give us the right of first refusal. Give us that right. I like that. Everything. And a lot of general managers have that kind of relationship where, you know, Monty Ossenfort may say, hey, let me let me get back to you on this. He's talking to another team. They're offering something really good. Pick up the phone and call. Yeah, we're not going to blindside you. Exactly. You just find out on, on the ticker on ESPN. Um, everything about the Bills and how good that team is and, and why they were a lot of people's Super Bowl picks last year, okay? How does a receiving core of Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and DeAndre Hopkins sound to you? That sounds really, really potent. That is. That is <laughs> that's 11 personnel right there. And the Bills love 11 personnel. One back, one tight end. They've got an excellent tight end in Knox, a guy that can actually block. Yeah. And who comes a, up with big catches in the end zone, a too. Good job. And he, he's, he's very much like Max Williams to me. Very much like Max, a block first guy who also can help you out every now and then. Now you've got 11 personnel with those three wide receivers. Oh, oh my God. Seriously. Abandon all hope ye who enter. And, here. I'm sure Buffalo has looked at this, but if I'm, if I'm Monty Austin for it, I might just text him that lineup. You can have Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, DeAndre Hopkins. Now I want your first round pick just because I had to think about that. <sighs> Because you guys are going to win a Super Bowl if I trade them to you. So I think right now, as it sits for me, the Bills still are the team to beat. If you want DeAndre Hopkins, I think you've got to beat the Buffalo Bills. And the pressure point is coming. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with this. Because if you're Brandon Bean, you don't want it to run right up to the NFL draft. You don't. You, you, want, you want some type of clarity going into that draft as to what you're going to have to do. And that means you're going to draw your own deadline with Monty Austin for it. We'll see. Coming up, all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.